0: Welcome to 2024. With the 2024 election on the horizon, the wars in Gaza and Ukraine, and numerous other foreign policy and domestic news stories, it's never been more important to stay informed. The DSR Network has you covered, with experts across all of these stories to bring you the analysis and commentary of the stories that matter. Later this month, the DSR Network will introduce the TNR Daily featuring Greg Sargent, formerly of the Washington Post, and a close friend of the show. Don't miss a moment of our coverage. Become a member of the DSR Network today. Members receive exclusive bonus content, the opportunity to attend DSR live events, a members-only Slack community, an ad-free listening experience, and more. For the month of January, receive 50% off your first year of membership. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code DSR2024 at checkout. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code DSR2024. Thank you for your support.
1: Hello, and welcome to the DSR Daily. I am your host for today, Riley Fessler. Uh, David, unfortunately, was not able to join us this morning, but I am joined, as ever, by Chris Kotnar. Chris, how are you today?
0: I'm great. Thanks, Riley.
1: Chris, what is your first story for the day?
0: Under a landmark deal brokered by France and Qatar, humanitarian aid, including medicines for Israeli captives, is being sent to the Gaza Strip. The agreement marks the first between Israel and Hamas since a truce, halted hostilities on December 1st. The aid originally from France traveled via Egypt and Qatar and will be delivered by the International Committee of the Red Cross to Hamas. Over 100 Israeli captives taken by Hamas during an assault on Israel were freed during a truce in exchange for the release of numerous Palestinian prisoners by Israel. Ongoing negotiations remain fragile, with Israel demanding the release of all captives and the destruction of Hamas, and Hamas insisting on a full ceasefire for further releases. Riley?
1: Well, Congress is making moves to prevent a government shutdown. Uh, I guess I should specifically say Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is proposing legislation to extend the current funding deadlines from January 19th and February 2nd. To March 1st and 8th. Um, so this is these were deadlines that were kind of already kicked down the road, and it seems like they're trying to kick it down the road again. But uh, the extension does not provide as much time as it sounds like. Um, there's a lot that they have to do here. Um, negotiations can usually take about a week for this if things go well, which, as we all know, if we've been following the news, they have not been in terms of negotiating a new budget. And it would reach a climax on uh, right around Biden's State of the Union address, which would be March 7th. Um, So, you know, again, they keep kicking this can down the road. Hopefully that they're actually able to come to some kind of long-term agreement. But as we know, the previous agreement is what got Kevin McCarthy ousted. So Mike Johnson himself is going to be on thin ice if he keeps Negotiating with the Democrats, which is an unfortunate reality for his position. Chris?
0: Iran conducted a missile strike in western Pakistan, targeting a militant group, making its third airstrike in a week after previous attacks in Iraq and Syria. The action, which resulted in the deaths of two children and injuries to others, was condemned by Pakistan as an illegal act and raised concerns of escalating tensions. The strike coincides with a period of heightened conflict in the Middle East, including the ongoing war between Israel and Hamas and Gaza. China called for restraint between Pakistan and Iran. Iran's strikes in Iraq were in response to an alleged Israeli spy headquarters, causing civilian casualties, while the strikes in Syria targeted an opposition stronghold, retaliating against a suicide bombing linked to the assassination of Iranian general, Kassem Soleimani. Despite Tehran's desire to avoid wider conflict, its allied groups continue to engage in regional hostilities. Riley?
1: Well, Russia and Niger have agreed to develop military ties, um, which is another example of these countries in North Africa and the Sahel kind of cozying up to Russia, and specifically its military juntas that are doing this. Um, so Niger has been under military rule since 2023. Um, Russia's deputy defense ministers, Yunus Bek-Yukharov and Alexander Foman met with Niger's until appointed defense minister to discuss the partnership. And they have emphasized kind of their goal to strengthen defense relations, as well as other sectors such as the economy. So this is obviously very troubling. Uh, We've seen this also in Mali, who is under also military junta, and both Niger and Mali kicked out France and their military troops who had previously had a presence in the region. And in the case of Mali, they exchanged them for the Wagner group um, and used them as kind of military contractors and advisors, which obviously not the best if you're looking for stability in your country. But we don't really know the details of this agreement yet remains to be seen, but I would wager it cannot possibly be good. And I'm a little surprised the countries are still leaning on Russia for defense, given their disastrous attempts in Ukraine. But we'll see where this goes. Chris?
0: Uh, Nikki Haley um, has stated in an interview with CNN that she's not really paying much attention to Trump's uh, legal cases. And her statement um, when asked the question uh, about Trump's um, sexual abuse trial, which is going on uh, with Egene Carroll, um, stated that Trump was innocent until proven guilty. Um, this stance overlooks the fact that Trump has been legally implicated in several cases, uh, including a bank fraud case involving the Trump admit- the Trump organization. As well as in this very case with Eugene Carroll, where he was found uh, liable in a in a civil suit. Um, Not sure her what her angle is here. Aside from the fact that I think she's seeing her uh, poll results bolstered in New Hampshire, and thus is going on the attack against Trump. She's been reluctant to do so, um, seemingly. uh, Positioning herself as the VP candidate, um, though the latest comments by uh, ch- by Nikki Haley um, would suggest that she's probably not going to be the VP candidate. Uh, in any case, not a good look for Nikki Haley. Riley,
1: as we've covered on this show, uh, France is kind of going a bit of a government shakeup as a lot of senior ministers are being replaced. Um, But it seems like one area where there's going to be continuity is in terms of policy with Ukraine, Uh, their newly appointed foreign minister, Stéphane Sejourné. His first stop was meeting with uh, Volodymyr Zelensky in Kiev and affirmed France's continued support as the Russian invasion nears its second anniversary. So this echoes a lot of what is going on throughout Europe. Uh, British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak recently announced further military aid for Ukraine And Céjournais stressed that Ukraine remains a top priority for France despite the global crises and holdups in EU funding and US funding. So I think it's important to note that, you know, while the US and EU are struggling to kind of come to agreements on these aid packages, it's important that other allies continue to step up, even if it's not to the same extent as those other kind of organizations. So that is my last story today. Chris, do you have anything else you'd like to add? I have nothing else today, Riley. Well, I guess until next time, uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, We'll be back for the rest of the week. And we have another show, our DSR Forum Policy Show, uh, scheduled for today. So keep an eye on your feet for that. And until next time, stay safe, everyone, and stay warm.